0: How many's got their Bibles tonight? Amen. The book of Genesis. We will start at chapter 1. It's good to see everyone here tonight. Genesis chapter 1. We still have a few that are out sick. Would suggest... Taking vitamin D in the winter time for everybody, so you don't get sick. Genesis chapter one, and we are going to read verse eleven and twelve. And God said, "Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed." And the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind. And the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. power of the seed the power of the seed a seed does not produce unless you plant it how many's ever owned packets of seeds and put them in the drawer thinking you're going to plant a garden or you're going to start some seedlings in your uh, a sunny area in your house, getting ready for spring, and uh, you forgot about it, or life got busy, and those packets of seeds stayed there for that season. And you found them a couple, <laughs> a couple twenty years later, or someone said, or a number of years later, and they were still good. They had never been planted. And the seed was in itself. It was just laying there waiting to be utilized. If you had one grain of wheat, you couldn't make biscuits out of it. <clears throat> there would not be no need to make gravy out of it because it is not enough. Just one seed is not enough. But if you're smart enough to plant it and keep planting it, the harvest eventually would be able to feed the world from that one grain that you held in your hand. That's amazing, isn't it? Now, this is in the very first chapter of the Bible, this, this law, if you will, of sowing and reaping. This is an unbreakable law. This cannot be tampered with. You cannot alter it. You can magnify it by modifying the seed. But once a seed's planted in the right conditions, it will bring forth a harvest. And here's the thing. A seed just doesn't bring one seed in as a result. The fruit is never just one for one. Each strawberry... And this is the only fruit in the world that has its seeds on the outside. But each strawberry has approximately, give or take one or two, 200 seeds on each berry, approximately. And if you took that one berry and planted all the seeds from that one berry and and they all germinated and all grew... You would have approximately several thousands of seeds just from the one strawberry. Just from one seed off of that one strawberry. You see, the the power of God's multiplication here is is quite amazing. It's very simple, uh, yet, when you uh, plant the seed, it produces a harvest. We, are, we become so accustomed and so used to this that we drive by fields, acres and acres and hundreds of acres of crops that have been sown in the springtime, say, for instance, corn. Each grain of corn sometimes in a good year would produce uh, three ears of corn. That came from one grain. And on those three year ears are approximately 750 grains on each ear from one grain, from just one. Now, this is God's multiplication. This is God's uh, power of showing how quickly things can grow. And God gave us this law. I really want to emphasize the power of this law in our minds because there's a lot of negativity in the world. There's a lot of doubters. There's a lot of unbelief in the world. But when you go all the way back to the beginning, you you can see that even God's handiwork in his creation shows the amazing power if you'll just believe what can compound and happen from that one planted seed. But until the seed is planted in the soil, it does not produce anything. This, we have this word. And everyone, you have your Bible, if you don't mind raising it right now. And how many loves the word? How many reads the word? But it's not enough just to read the word. just reading the word, it would be, uh, there are people that the world over that read the Bible like a, uh, studying as a piece of literature, uh, especially the Elizabethan King James English. They, they would study it like they would Shakespeare. But that's not going to bring the benefit. As David said, thy word have I, if you use that word, sown in my heart that I might. How How is it going to keep him from sinning? Let's let me ask you that question. How is that word sown in his heart going to keep him from sinning? Anyone want to venture? I'm sorry. Love. How how is sowing the word, ingesting the word, getting it inside of you? uh more than just glossing it over. Remember that word sila in the book of Psalms. It means to chew the cud. That's really what that means, is to meditate on what you've just read. So how does getting the word in our heart? This is not a trick question. I'm just trying to how does that keep us from sinning? It becomes a part of you. Brother. It gives you conviction. Brother Marvin. it really. And Brother Michael, it gives you awareness. You really said it, Brother Marvin, when you said it sprouts, it brings forth fruit. Just as the principle of sowing a natural seed in the ground is not just going to bring one kernel of corn from that kernel that I planted. It's going to bring approximately 1,500 to uh, 2,500 or thereabouts kernels from the one. So when you plant the word in your heart, in your life, it should, if it's got the right soil, if you're the right soil, if you're ready, receptive to receive it and obey it, then it's going to bring forth abundant fruit in your life. You can see how someone coming from the world and they, are, uh, they have been imbibed and infused with the ways and the understanding and the beliefs of the world, how they can come and become born again and suddenly there is a 180 degree turn and they start growing and becoming fruitful. Why? Because in in a very short space of time, that seed that is planted from the word of God as they are hungry and as they hide it in their heart, it starts bringing forth abundance in our life. That's why I said we're, we are abundantly blessed. How does that abundance come about? It comes about from hiding the Word of God in our heart. And when you, when you hide the Word of God, you believe the Word of God. Here's, here's a scripture for you. Romans, uh, this is a very well-known portion of scripture. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Someone said, that's preaching. Yes, I I will accept that. But really, it is much more powerful if you hear yourself saying it. Abraham Lincoln said this, that a one-room schoolhouse is much more effective in the right conditions than having multiple rooms. He said, because in a one-room schoolhouse, the teacher would make the pupils, the students, read out loud their lessons. And so there are three processes, of learning that is taking place when you read out loud. You see it. You say it. And you hear it. That's very powerful. So not are you you're not just hearing someone lecture you in a monologue as an instructor would and write on the bulletin board. But as you read your lessons out loud, You are seeing it with your eye. You are saying the words with your mouth, which reinforces what you're seeing with your eye. And then your ear hears what you're saying. So you're learning it in three different ways, which makes a far greater impact upon you than just hearing someone else say it. You see it, you say it, and you hear it. That's a principle, really, that is found in the book of Romans. Uh, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, so let me, let's, let's kind of modify this verse for our use right now. So then faith comes into my heart. I'm just going to amplify it. So then faith comes into my heart as I hear myself speak the words of God. Let's, let's think about that for a moment. So then faith comes by hearing, and how do you, What it's not just anything that you hear, and you must hear the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So that's the King James direct translation from the original uh, manuscripts. But if we modify it, faith comes to me as I hear myself speak the word of God. That's why Paul said, I would rather that someone prophesy than speak in tongues in a public uh, congregation because the word of prophecy is going to bring much greater fruit in the ears or the lives of the hearers because they understand what's being said versus if you said 10,000 words and syllables in an unknown language, it's, I hear all that going on, but I don't understand. I'm not edified. And so faith comes by hearing, and hearing as we hear ourselves speak the word of God. Now, what did Abraham Lincoln say? You see it, you say it, and you hear it. That's very powerful. You see the words, you say the words, and you hear yourself uh, saying the words. Very good principle, uh, reading out loud. Uh, Now, silent reading is really something that's uh, more of a modern uh, invention. Can I say it like that? Everyone in days gone by, you didn't read unless you read out loud. Ethiopian eunuch going down the road in this chariot. Philip, the evangelist, heard him reading. This is how it was done. He didn't read silently as we do, you read out loud. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? I know you're seeing it, and I know you're saying the words. I know you're hearing the words, but it, and it's going into your heart, but do you have comprehension of what's going on? And you know the story in the book of Acts. He said, how is the prophet talking about himself or about some other man? And then that was an opportunity for Philip to say, from that very point in scripture and he preached to him, Jesus Christ. So, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, as we allow the seed or plant the seed into our heart. Now, let me go back to my question. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So I'm going to ask you again, how does hiding the word in our heart? Give us authority and power not to sin. As the, as the seed grows, there's no room for the weeds of this world to grow. It pushes it out. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So the more of the word you get in your heart, the less there's going to be a fertile soil, available ground, for the evil one to come and plant um, seeds of doubt and fear and unbelief. So hiding the word in your heart. Remember, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now the seed of God's word sown in your heart produces after its own kind. We just read that to you. We read two uh, portions of Scripture here in chapter 1, and I'm just going to point it out to you again. It says here, Verse 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. Notice this phrase, whose seed is in itself. What does that mean? Whose seed is in itself. The reproduction of that seed is within the seed. It can't produce unless it's planted. Meaning there are thousands and perhaps millions of reproducing seeds inside of that one seed. But it has to be planted. It won't be anything else either. You can't plant tomato seeds and get apples. It's just not a possibility. I don't care if you're a, uh, the, the greatest biologist in the world, uh, uh, and it's, it's just not going to happen. You can modify the seed to produce various varieties of apples or various varieties of tomatoes, but a tomato and an apple do not mix, meaning the power of the seed is within itself. And Jesus gave us another example like this. He said, you can't get sweet water from a bitter well. You cannot get something good from a place that's evil. Amen? So the seed is, he said it here, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass, an herb-yielding seed. This was a great miracle that God produced the seeds, the original seeds for... Um, Planting the whole world. Trees and grasses and herbs, it says here. And herb yielding seed after his kind. And the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself. After his kind and God saw that it was good. So that's the the principle. You can't plant. Things of this world in your life and expect godly things to come forth. So there we go. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's how you drive out sin. Not being afraid of that I'm going to fall or I'm going to fail or I'm going to sin or I'm going to wander off and and accidentally. No, if the word is hidden in your heart, if you're constantly imbibing and thinking on positive aspects of the word. Now, listen, once the word gets in your DNA, it's there. Do you understand that? I don't have to quote scripture verbatim and from the Uh, all the time because the word has gotten into my DNA and so uh, it becomes a part of my spirit. Amen? So the seed, the way you sow the seed of the word is by speaking and declaring it out loud. There's something very powerful about your inner ear as you hear yourself talk, have you ever heard yourself in a recording and said, oh, man, that's not me, is it? How many's ever done that and said, that is that me? Oh, man, that's because you never hear yourself outside of your inner ear. When you're talking, you hear it two ways. You hear it inside of yourself and you hear it outside of yourself. And the inside is always louder than the outside. And so you can't discern the difference. But when you hear it in a recording, you're sitting there listening and you hear yourself talk. The, the inner voice is not talking at that point, And you actually hear your voice as it really sounds. And you said, that's me. Wow, I don't like it. <laughs> right. And because The reason you didn't like it is not necessarily that you sounded bad because it was different than what you were normally used to hearing. But the way you sow the seed of the word is not necessarily just hearing the preaching. You've got to take what is preached and sow it in your own spirit. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you hear the word preached. That's why I've always encouraged the young people to take notes and go back and read those notes and meditate on those notes. Why? Because you're getting something that was spontaneous, spontaneously spoken and it would get on there in, in their spirit and it will bring a harvest and if it's fruitful and it has found good soil. Now, The law of Genesis, uh, this first chapter of Genesis contains what I call the law of Genesis. Or it's actually the basis and foundations for the entire Bible. If you get a good understanding of this, it will help you understand God's ways. The law of seed, time, and harvest is God's method. We've gotten so far away. Here's the problem we have nowadays. We go to the grocery store, Kroger's or Myers or Walmart, wherever you shop. And when we're buying watermelons, we look for the seedless kind. It's more convenient. You don't have to spit the seeds out, and you don't have to dig them out. It's more convenient. But seedless watermelons don't reproduce. They're a hybrid. They can't bring forth anything. And because to sow something, the seed has to die, Jesus said, so that it can bring forth fruit. There has to be a sacrifice that takes place in our life to bring forth fruit. We live in a world that doesn't want sacrifice. We, we, wanna, we want seedless grapes. How many's ever thought you were buying seedless grapes and you got them home and they were full of seeds, and you kicked yourself and said, "Man, this was a waste of my time." Now I have to dig through these and you're you know, spitting seeds out and saying, "Ah," oh. right? Have you done? Have you said that? But seedless grapes won't reproduce. There's no seed within them to bring forth. They are a modification a genetically modified grape that has to be constantly modified and controlled by man's hands it's not natural and to get something out of the word of god you've got to allow the seed of god's worth to get inside of your heart and it dies so to speak but when it does it dies it Grow, it goes into all areas of your life and brings forth an abundance. But if you don't want, you, you just want to, uh, you, you don't really want a relationship with God. You want to call yourself a Christian. And uh, you, you, you just, you want a, this surface relationship. Then you're looking for the seedless watermelon, and the seedless grapes. Those modified, genetically modified. Have you ever been driving by? Fields and you see these little signs, uh, the Monsanto uh, decal. I think these big seed companies, and those they they planted these fields, and they've modified it, or they're they're testing it, and they're they're doing all kinds of um, genetically altered, using these genetically altered seeds to perhaps get a greater harvest, or. Uh, They've sprayed a certain kind of pesticide uh, on it. They're doing all kinds of things to modify the seed. But really, it's still the seed. The power is still in the seed. Amen. Now, when you look at what God said to Noah after the flood, God made a promise regarding the earth. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So there was actually a, a, a huge change in from when the earth was originally created until after the flood. Now, this is just speculation because the scripture really doesn't tell us, but we we speculate that the earth had a constant cloud cover over it. And it was not uh, there were not the drastic swings in temperature. It was a pretty humid place over the whole earth. And. And. at the flood, there the Bible says the fountains of the deep came up. It just didn't rain for forty days, but the fountains of the deep, and that's when you had massive earthquakes. And have you ever studied geology? How many's ever studied geology in here? And you looked at the mountain ranges. There are young fold mountain ranges, and there are ancient fold mountain ranges, meaning the time there there's. There's some that are very old and some that are more recent. And it was said at the, the flood that it, the whole earth changed at that time. That cloud cover uh, was not there any longer, and it wasn't a consistent humid temperature over the whole earth. That developed the polar regions, and uh, there's a seasons as we know it now started taking place. Um, It's not something that's often studied, but here the scripture says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 21 through 22, and I'll read verse 22. While the earth remains, in other words, to the duration of the earth, seed time and harvest, planting and harvesting, cold and heat, winter and summer, night and day shall not cease. This was the change that took place. Now this, the man named Noah, he and his family had to have a lot of faith that God knew what he was doing. They were shut inside that ark. And there was a reason for that. Can you imagine the great upheavals as mountain ranges sprung up out of the earth and others uh, fell into the earth? And all this water and the cloud cover and the lightning and the thunder and the, and the tremendous shaking going on. You look at the dimensions of the ark. It's a very stable uh, craft, watercraft. It's a flat bottom. It's wide and it's long. So it's able to take a lot of uh, waves that would have taken tsunamis that would have taken place at the uh, coming of an uh, earthquake as the, the ground sank. And it would displace that water, and then that water would come forward and, and roll across the, the earth. We're not talking about a, a creation. I'm just, I am just wanted to kind of give you that and how that God set this in place. So this is the method that God has chosen for us, for this earth that we live in. And it will be that way as long as this planet is in existence. Seed, time, and harvest is God's method, the law of Genesis, is one of God's fixed laws. Now, how does that apply to us? Everything produces after its kind. Now, the the New Testament refers to a word. It's called familiar spirit. This word familiar. How many remember seeing that word familiar? That word familiar comes from a root word means Family. Family familiar. And families reproduce after their kind. It's just a law. Now, God is the only one that has the power to genetically modify the seed of the familiar. Your dad was an alcoholic, your granddad was an alcoholic, and your great-granddad was an alcoholic, and your great-great-granddad was an alcoholic. You know what that is? That's a family spirit. That's a familiar spirit. It goes generation and generation after generation after generation. The seed is within itself. And that seed is going to always produce what it is. And you're saying, Pastor, are you really? Yes, I'm talking. I'm not talking nonsense here. I'm telling you the truth. You've seen this in families. It just reproduces. It keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Until God steps in or someone hears the word and God can genetically modify the seed so that it can produce good things it breaks the chain and starts producing godly blessings instead of cursing amen so you see the law there's no one that can modify the law except the creator of the law so the seed is within itself the power of the seed is within itself you can't you can only uh, you can only create a variety in your life, but it's still there. There's only one that can change your life completely and totally and deliver you and put you on a new road to success and freedom. Amen? Amen. The seed of strife is in strife itself. If you get into strife with someone, it will create more strife. It just keeps going going. uh, Have you ever heard of the Hatfields and McCoys? I mean, I'm, we live, and so you, they, one, they don't even know why they're fighting now. They, they just are. We're, we're, we're fighting one another. Well, what are we doing this for? I don't know. Because your name is Hatfield. Well, my name was McCoy, and, and so, well, what are we fighting? Well, because you're a Hatfield and I'm a McCoy. So, well, what's the real reason why we're doing this? I don't know. But, but your name was Hatfield, my name's a McCoy, and so the the reason has been completely forgotten. But the seed is in itself. And strife will always produce strife. It will always produce more strife. And so you forgot the real reason why there is even strife. There's just strife. If you give love, you reap more love. Amen. Now, I'm a result of my grandmother coming to God. Uh, She came from a, a place in Kentucky that was... It was a pretty rough place. She grew up in a log cabin that had a dirt floor. They grew, they uh, had moonshine just down the creek, and and her brothers all carried pistols, and and uh, they were shooting at yeah, they really they shot at one another, and gotten in fights, and broke bottles over each other's heads and stuff like that. I, 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 but you know what happened? She she broke. The familiar spirit. And I'm blessed because she broke that spirit. Amen? Amen. So you have the capability of getting out of that. The seed that has been sown in your life. Someone said, well, I've sown so many bad, uh, bad uh, seeds. I'm reaping a whirlwind of harvest. It's bad. I said, well. You know what you do to overcome sowing bad seed? You start sowing good seed. Now, we drive by sometimes and a farmer will change his planting habits because uh, certain type of plants deprive the soil of certain nutrients and so you change because different plants take different nutrients out of the soil. So. The process of farming is to kind of rotate your crops, and that's what that means. And so a farmer may have planted corn for several years, and he says to himself, "Uh, corn's down, you know, the market's down. I'm going to plant soybeans or uh, wheat or whatever, and uh, I'm going to change. Besides, my fields are getting a little worn out, and he changes. And you drive by in the spring, and then you you get toward the summer, and you see this anomaly You've got all these soybeans except right in the middle and over here you've got these stalks of corn. They're just stuck up, you know. And you think, what what, what is going on? And farmers have a term for that. They call that, that's voluntary seed. You didn't plant it uh, on purpose. But because there were... You harvested, and sometimes there, there's a little few kernels that fall off of the, the, the tractor, the wagon, and they get into the ground. And uh, even though you planted the other seed, sometimes they will come up. And that's our lives. You say, I've changed, and, and the, some things keep coming up. Well, just keep planting good. Now, the first year after planting changing crops, you're going to have a lot of voluntary. But on the second year, it would be even, it's getting increasingly rare. And then the third year and four year, fourth year, you're, you're so removed from the original planting that it's highly unlikely that you're going to have a seed that comes back out of the ground. And that's our lives. That's a principle that you can sow good things in your life. And you say, well, this came up, and I didn't really sow it, 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 but it was something that I'm familiar with, and it came up. You know what? You just keep planting good, and it will drown out the bad. Amen? Amen? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. As you keep planting the good seed, the unworthy or ungodly or the evil seed will be pushed out. Amen. So this is God's method of seed time and harvest. The kingdom of God works like this, like planting seed into the ground. Look at what Jesus had to say about the kingdom in Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29. Then Jesus said, God's kingdom is like a man who plants seed in the ground. The seed begins to grow, it grows night and day. It doesn't matter whether the man is sleeping or awake, the seed still grows. He doesn't know how it happens. Without any help, the ground produces grain. First the plant grows, then the head, and then all the grain in the head. When the grain is ready, the man cuts it. This is harvest time. So this is something you can do. Jesus said that you are the one planting the seed. You speak it out of your mouth when you speak it it is as a seed that goes into the heart. Look at Ma- Mark chapter 15, verse um, 4, chapter 4, verse 15 through 20. Ma- Mark chapter 4, verses 15 through 20. Somebody read it if you have it right away. Verse 15 through 20. sown. As the parable, what are, as Jesus said, where he's he used an agricultural story, but where is he? Where is he really wanted us wanting us to see where the seed is sown? In our hearts. And then he uses illustrations as um, the seed is sown. Now, when the seed is sown in your heart, you have to guard the seed. Have you ever seen a scarecrow? You know what a scarecrow is for? Hopefully to scare off birds, right? Those birds will come and take the seed out of your heart. You know, you have to be careful when the seed is sown by yourself. When you hear the word and you repeat it and you've sown it and you've protected it, you don't go and allow someone to pull the seed out. Be careful. That's why John said, try the spirits and see if they are of God. In other words, see if they're going to protect your seed or steal your seed. Jesus said that Lucifer, Satan, he comes what? To steal, to kill, and to to destroy. What's he wanting to steal? He's wanting to steal, steal the what? The seed. He wants the seed because that's what is valuable. You, nothing will be produced in your heart without the seed, right? The seed that is not sown doesn't bring forth anything. But the seed sown brings forth great fruit. What does Satan want to come and take out? He wants to the, steal the seed out of your life. And if he can steal the seed, he doesn't want it himself. But he certainly doesn't want you to have it. He knows it won't benefit him, but it will benefit you. And so he'll come and steal the seed. If he can. And take it out of your life. Now, that's why gossip is so destructive. That's why speaking evil is so destructive. Because it starts damaging the soil where the seed is sown. Remember, bitter and sweet can't come from the safe source. Sewer water and fresh water can't come from the same bottle. I mean, you put one drop of sewer water in a bottle, it's what? It's sewer water now. It's contaminated. And so that's why you are protecting the seed. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I just heard the word preached. I, I repeated it myself as I read it out loud. Have you ever been listening to someone preach and someone, they quote a scripture and someone else helps them finish the scripture. You know, they're quoting it. That's powerful. You should quote the scripture as, as much as you can. And why? Because you're hiding the seed in your heart. And you protect it. When you, you know, the, the, the when it's fresh in the ground just after it's sown, it's most vulnerable. The seed is most vulnerable because the soil is still loose. And it's uh, you. You can easily dig it out, as it as it rains and kind of packs down a little bit. The seed is, is is vulnerable, but not as vulnerable because rain has a tendency to to push the soil down and pack it around. And once the seed gets roots, then it's going it's going to hang on to the soil below it a little firmer. And once the root, this word of God takes root in your life, it's going to. You're not going to be, you're going to be like the tree that's planted by the rivers of water. In other words, you're not going to be assailed by every wind of doctrine. Amen. The seed, the power, the amazing power of the seed. So notice Jesus said, for the earth, the heart yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain and the head. Mark chapter 4, verse 28. Sometimes people give up before the harvest. Many of you hearing this message tonight have given up during the growth process. A good farmer knows the approximate time that he's going to. He knows the. it's about, I don't know, 72, um, 73 days, but time longer, shorter during some time harvest how, how, do you know how long it takes to from the planting to the harvesting of corn brother ham is it 75 or 80 days I, that's what I thought about 75 days and so you know approximately that you know uh, you can plant too soon uh, you and you can plant too late um, there uh, there is a season. There there is a time and and the timing has to be right. Sometimes people give it but in Mark chapter eleven, verse twenty-three, Jesus tells us the principle of the law of faith. Whoever says does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. And this is a prayer phrase. Mark eleven twenty-three. That's a God kind of faith. That's the power of speaking the word, to call those things which are not as though they were. I I believe farmers all over the country do that every spring. They call those things that are not as they speak it as though they were. And they say this fall, I'm expecting to go out there and harvest X amount of bushels of corn or soybeans or whatever they're planted. They have they call those things that are not as though they were. Because they, they realize and they understand the law of the harvest. It's not abracadabra. It's not, if they, if they didn't plant anything and they kept walking by the fields, if you never plant anything and you expect God to bless you, <laughs> amen, if a farmer just kept walking by the fields, and never put anything in the ground and kept telling people, well, I'm going to harvest it. You, you, when you walked away, you look at somebody else and, and kind of do this emotion around your ear. Because you say, he's lost it. He's not realizing. Maybe he's forgotten that you have to plant seed in the ground. You, you know, I, I correct people. I haven't done it here recently. But when you receive the offering, I always tell people when you pray, don't pray for those who don't have Don't. give. I never pray for people. I hear people saying, God bless those who give and those who don't give. Why would you say that? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be blessed if you don't give. Just like a farmer is not going to reap if he doesn't sow. (laughs) People look at me. and I had one man tell me, or he got up and he said, Now, if you're a visitor, we don't expect you to give. And I went up to him after and I said, don't ever say that again. He said, why? You know, they're visitors. I said, we expect everybody to give. I said, I'm not going to rob them of a blessing. Well, they're not members. I said, you don't have to be a member to be blessed. It's a principle that we're teaching. Someone said, you're looking for offering. Well, yeah, but I'm really teaching something that you can be blessed abundantly if you learn a principle. Uh, maybe you've heard this, but Mr. Johnson, uh, there, Johnson and Johnson, uh, he determined that when he got enough money, that he was going to give 90% to God and only keep 10% of himself. This is, this story is old, and so there was a day. Then he gave 90% ties and only kept 10% of himself. He said, "You know, I got everything I need. What do, you know? I don't need a million bucks, you know." I've got a house and it's paid for, and a car, and you know, I don't need all that. I'm just going to give it all, to, all to God. It's just kind of fun to work now. That's what he said. It's just kind of fun to work. Go to work and, and pedal around, you know, and and give it all back. I don't need it. Amen. It'd be fun to ha- kind of have that power, wouldn't it? <laughs> but I think if you plant the seed, you plant the seed, you. You know, you're not gonna get what you don't give, what you don't plant. What does the scripture say? If you plant a little bit, guess what's coming. A little bit, but if you're what generous in your planting, you're gonna, you get. It's gonna be generous when you come back to harvest. Amen. How many has ever read that little story about the hen? You know, uh, she, the chicken. And she was wanting to everybody to go get along with her and go plant the the seed, and nobody nobody wanted to. And she said, "Okay, I'm going to go out there." And she planted all the seeds, and 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 then she said to everybody, "Hey, come on, help me. Uh, uh, we're going to harvest the seed." Nobody wanted to harvest the, the, and so she went out there and did it all of her own. And and then she said, uh, "I'm grinding up the meat, you know, the the wheat, and making bread." And everybody came to eat bread. And She said, "Forget you. <laughs> I did all the work." <laughs> and and that's so many times what people want to do they want to piggyback off your blessing they want to jump on the bandwagon now i'm generous i want everybody to be blessed but don't think that you're going to be blessed because of my giving it's just res- residual if you're blessed because i'm around but you you want your own blessings you want your you want to reap a harvest yourself amen The seed is a necessity. Sometimes people think it's going to happen just because they say it. Saying it is involved in planting it. It won't necessarily happen, bring a harvest, just because you say it. I want you to get this point because many people get a hold of Mark 23 and they go around saying, I can have this, I can have that, and Name it, claim blabbing, grabbing, and run off into left field, and make a mess of things. You know, it won't work just because you say it, but saying it is involved in working it. You know, if you want a degree, you got to go to school to get it, right? And you, it's work, but you you coach yourself the whole time, the whole way through it. I can do this. I can do it. I can make it. I can make it. I can get it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Amen. So saying is involved in doing it. It's like saying to a farmer about farmer farming. You won't necessarily have a harvest just because you plant. Because there have to be certain conditions. If a farmer goes out right now and starts the ground might be a little hard, but, you know, if it's rained a lot, maybe it's the surface is still, and it's warm a few days and you can go out there and it's muddy and throwing mud around and drilling seed into the ground. But the, the conditions are not right. You know what's going to happen to that seed? It's going to rot. Because it's not the proper time of seed time and harvest. So you won't necessarily ha- have a harvest just because you plant. There has to be the right conditions. But you will never have a harvest if you don't plant. Amen. So you can't just willy nilly plant any time you want to uh, December or January. You've got to wait till the springtime when the, the the warm sun is going to beat down on the soil and warm it up. And that that seed is going to germinate. That's when it will bring forth a harvest. Have you ever walked in a cornfield in the in the hot summertime? How many's ever done this? And you can hear the corn popping. You can hear it growing. Yes, you can. It just pops and crackles and makes all kinds of noise. If you walk quietly enough through the in the hot summertime, you can hear corn just popping and cracking. And corn likes hot weather. It needs it. And it'll start growing. It's growing toward the sun. It's a, corn is actually grass, anyhow. That's all it is. It's a modified grass, and uh, that we've used, but. Anyhow, we get criticized for people to that um, we tell people, hey, speak the word, speak the word. I "I think I'm coming down with it. Well, I mean, if you claim it. (laughs) This is not a mind over matter. That's not what I'm teaching. I'm teaching planting the seed. But if you just constantly tell yourself, I think I'm going to get sick. I've heard people tell me that. I think I'm going to get sick. Are you sick now? No, but I think I'm going to. Well, get away from me because I don't want any residual off of you. I'm planting my own seed. I ain't getting sick. <laughs> that's not right English. Sorry, Sister Barb. <laughs> Amen. Now I'm not saying that that's going to keep you from uh, ever getting sick. What I am saying is that's just a principle that many times people violate. They talk themselves right into it. Well, if you know what? I've heard mothers say, "If you fall out of that, <laughs> if you fall out of that tree and break your arm, you're not going <laughs> to the store with me." Well, why would you even think about him breaking his arm? You know, <laughs> why don't you think it? Why don't you speak something good? <laughs> okay. I see, I've hit a nerve. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So I probably should, I want to talk, we're talking about planting seeds for a harvest. What kind of harvest do you want? What kind of harvest are you looking for? When you're talking about the power of words, you're talking about the power of planting seeds. Words, sticks and stones, break your bones. But words will destroy you. Or words will grow you and benefit you. Amen. (laughs) I've fallen down a lot and I've got some scars on my knees. I've got scars on my hands and my elbows. A lot of those times I can't even remember. But I can remember some words that somebody said to me. I hear them ringing sometimes in my ear. In my head. Don't you? Those those falling down... you know, those rough, rough housing and wrestling around with guys, you know, I've forgotten about that. and got a skin on my head and a nick on my, uh, i still got a little scar up there. But, hey, I, I, I don't remember. But I remember those words. Words are very powerful seeds that will bring forth a harvest. Now, it is the life in that seed that the farmer plants, which causes the manifestation of the very thing he planted, what he hopes for. There is life in God's word and the promise itself. So the word is incorruptible, seed. What are you going to use for seed if you don't use God's word? What are you going to use for seed if you don't use God's word? What's what? Where, where Where's the seed source? You're going to get seeds from someplace. Are you going to get it from the sitcom? Are you going to get it from somebody leaning over the fence telling you this? Or are you going to get it from God's word? Amen. God's promises. Our seeds for our harvest. Okay. I've went long enough. Amen. Any questions, any comments? We're gonna stand to our feet. How many is gonna plant a seed in their heart from the Word of God? Remember, thy word have I hid in my heart. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Speak the word. If God said it, he believes I can do it, and I believe he knows what he's talking about. Amen? Let's raise our hands to the heaven right now and ask him for his great blessings upon us. Lord, we thank you. We worship you and we praise you. We acknowledge your word, Lord. We thank you for what you've done.